0: Blog Talk Radio. you, if you will, to turn in your copy of God's Word to the 139th Psalm, Psalm 139, and we're going to read verses 1 through 16. Today we're starting a brand new series, and this has been a series that God has laid on my heart for quite some time, uh, but today, finally been given the clearance by the Lord to go ahead and begin this. Uh, a lot of times, let me just ask you a simple question, just to be honest, how many of you worry about the future? How many of you get anxious or worried about not only just the future, but maybe some things that's getting ready to happen in your life? Uh, We talk about the distant future, but maybe things that you're facing today that's that's in the near future. Uh, Anybody worried about that? Several people are. Well, it's because of that that I think that it's uh, more important than ever that we learn about what's called in theology the attributes of God. And what that simply means is when I describe somebody or when you describe me, you're going to use certain characteristics, maybe knowing that I am a father and I am a husband. Uh, that may be some characteristics uh, that uh, I'm short and, and 200 pounds. Uh, you, know, that I'm, that I'm, uh, you use different characteristics to describe me. Well, when we talk about God, there are both what's called non-moral attributes and moral attributes that we talk about God. Now when we talk about non-moral attributes, uh, we're talking about the characteristics of God. We talk about His power. We talk about the ability He has to be everywhere at all times. Uh, When we talk about the moral attributes, we're going to talk about how God relates to people. His loving nature, for instance, we'll talk about that. There's a lot of stuff in this, and I'm going to be honest with you, it can get very complicated very quickly. Especially when we talk about certain attributes of God as we talk about... His eternal nature. Uh, that can become very complicated very quickly. But I'm using the KISS method of these series. You, you ever heard of KISS? K I S S? Keep it simple, stupid. And so that's what I'm going to do in this series. I'm going to keep it just as, as simple as I can because I really believe that when we learn about God, folks, we have a great blessing from learning these things about God. And it just seems to me, as Daniel Mitchell at Liberty University said, he says, the more we study about God, the bigger God becomes. Not that we make God bigger in our minds, we just learn more about who God is, and it has an effect on the person you tend not to worry so much when you understand these qualities of God. So today we're going to start off by talking about, fancy word, omniscience, God's omniscience, which simply means God's... Limitless knowledge, God knows all, God sees all, and that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to invite everyone who can and is able to to join us in standing to pay homage to the reading and hearing of God's precious holy word. We're going to read Psalm 139 verses 1 through 16. And in this series, I'm just going to tell you, it's going to be a little bit different than most of the messages I bring because we're going to use a passage of Scripture and use it kind of like a launch pad. And we're going to look at other passages of Scripture as we go through this series. David, this is the Psalm of David, he writes, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my fault afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue. Now, this is a powerful verse. Just read this. Let's read this slowly. There is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you knew it altogether. In other words, he knows what we're going to say before we even say it. You have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you, for you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret, and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and your, in your book they were all written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. Dear kind and of gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. And we just want to simply ask as we begin this new series that you would give us clarity and insight to help us understand what can be some very complicated topics. But in and through it all, Lord, we just ask, Lord, that you would just help us to understand these attributes of yours so that we may not go around in life worried about the things that could happen and the things that might happen, But settle in your love, rest in your providence, and trust in your abilities. Lord, we just ask that you open our eyes that we would see, our ears that we would hear, and our hearts that will apply these truths and be better for it. For it's in Jesus' name we ask all these things. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Mom and Dad's not here today, and I hate that because Mom would really like this uh, thing I'm getting ready to tell, tell you. There was an infamous... An event that happened in the Chilton household. Do you want to hear about it? Anybody want to hear about it? Sure. Infamous. Now, my mother, who's normally here, she's not here today, but you're not going to believe is as, as wonderful a lady as she is, she did something scandalous. She did something scandalous. I hate she's not here today. Well, really, I brought it on myself, really, because, mom, she worked hard. She went through Surrey Community College with two kids. Uh, while two kids working hard, got his nursing degree there, and started uh, working at precise Hospital. And I had a tendency as a young child to want to scare my mom. Uh, she would come in, and it would be dark, and I'd pop out and say, boo, she'd do this little dance, jumping up and down, and I just would just die laughing. She told me, though, one time, she says, Brian, if you do that one more time, you're going to live to regret it. And I, just being a young boy, didn't think anything of it. So on one afternoon she worked the late shift, she came in the house, it was dark in there, and guess what I did? I hid behind a chair, and when she came in, I popped out and scared her, at which point in time she fell on the ground. She lay motionless. She was grabbing herself and moaning. I was like, Oh Lord, I done killed my mom. So I go run and I grab the phone and I'm starting to dial 911, I hit nine, I hit one, I hit one, and then I almost hit the other one. she pops up, says Gotcha. I told you you were going to regret it. Needless to say, I didn't do it anymore. <laughs> she scared me. She scared me bad. <clears throat> but the the reason that happened is as it did. As smart as my mom is, she has limited knowledge and so do I. She, the reason I was able to scare her is because she had no clue that I was where I was and was going to do what I did. The reason she scared me the way she did is because I have limited knowledge, and I had no idea that she was going to put an Academy Award type of performance on that afternoon. I had no clue she was going to do that. Because, you see, we have limited knowledge. But when we talk about God, when we talk about God's omniscience, we're talking about the fact that God knows everything. Everything. I mean, there's not anything in this world, there's not anything in this life that God does not know. And folks, if we understand this fact, I mean, this, this gets to be really incredible when you think about God and His knowledge and His infinite knowledge. And so we're going to take a look at three ways. If you, I didn't get a chance to get in the bulletin this week, but the, the three sentences are going to be, God's knowledge is not limited by... That's going to be all three of the points. God's knowledge is not limited by, and then you fill in the blank. The first thing we're going to talk about in God's limitless knowledge is the fact that God's knowledge is not limited by time. His knowledge is not limited by time. And folks, I'm going to give a disclaimer. When you start talking about the timeless nature of God it can get very complicated very quickly Kaz and I we, we spent one night, day after church service was over and I think Amanda and Jennifer were both gonna kill us because they were blowing the horses you get in the car now but it gets very complicated very quickly amen Kaz it gets very compli- complicated very quickly when we talk about God's timelessness the fact is, is that God is not restrained by time we don't know what's going to happen in the future do we but you know what God does God knows past, present, future, all the light. He can see all points of time at all places. Uh, look what David says in verses 4 through 6. He says, For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. Before you even speak a word, God knows it. Before you even say anything, God knows it. Before you even do anything, God knows it. God is not bound by time. So how do you illustrate this? I don't even know how you illustrate this. The closest thing I can come to is my love of the Andy Griffith Show. Anybody love the Andy Griffith Show? I love that show. Now, uh, some of you convinced us to get a Netflix account, and we we did, and boy, I'm telling you, we have really enjoyed it. At least I've really enjoyed it. And what I do is I go over there, and I love watching the old shows. I love Lucy, uh, Andy Griffith Show. But you know what? I can watch this a hundred times over. But even as I watch the show, I've gotten to the point now that I can about tell you what's going to be said, what's going to be done, what the end result of the episode is going to be, and what's going to happen before it happens. Why? Because I've already seen it. In some mysterious way that that is about impossible for us to explain, it's very difficult to even come up with the words to explain this, God knows everything at all points in time what's going to happen. He knows what's going to happen to you today. And by the way, there's a little game that's going to be played this afternoon. He already knows the results of it. He can tell you the final score. He can already tell you everything there is to know about it. God knows what's going to happen next week. God knows what's going to happen next year. God's knowledge is not limited by time. In fact, we find God created time. Time is a creation of God. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes, the writer notes that God has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, He has put eternity into man's heart, so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. We cannot find out, but God already knows. He already has a plan. He already knows what's going to take place. He already has it down pat, folks. In fact, Jesus says uh, that uh, that He is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the Alpha and Omega, but He's also the Beta, Gamma, Delta, Lon, Epsilon, Zeta, Eta, Theta, Yoda, Kappa, Lambda, Mu, Nu, C, so on and so forth, all the way to Omega. He is everything, that he's from the first to the last, and every point in between. I had a quote by Aquinas, but I'm not even going to go there because that gets very complicated. I'm just going to simply say this God knows all points in time, He knows your past. He knows your present. He knows your future. He knows everything there is to know about you. Everything that's going to take place now, here, and forevermore. So with that type of knowledge and understanding that God loves you with an everlasting love, understanding that you've been forgiven by God's grace, understanding that you've been protected by His grace, what in the world do you have to worry about? Amen. What do you really have to worry about? If God already knows what's going to take place, what do we have to worry about? If God has this knowledge, what is there for us to worry about? God is not only unlimited in His knowledge of time. We also find that there's another aspect that God is unlimited in His knowledge. And that is that God's knowledge is not limited by physics. I'm sure many of you have heard on the Discovery Channel and, and uh, maybe some of these scientific shows. You hear of these astrophysicists or theoretical physicists. And you, know, you hear about these in- individuals who say, well, well, the universe is limited by this or the universe is limited by that. Guess who made physics? <laughs> God did. He not only wrote the textbook, he owns a patent and copyright to it. You know, everything we're trying to learn in science is something that God already knows about and that God has already done. It's something that He's already created. We're not going to find anything that God didn't already know about. You know what this tells me? There's not a molecule that splits. There's not an atom that merges with another. There's not a drop of water that falls upon God's green earth. There's not a tide that changes. There's not a grain of sand that moves that God doesn't know about. There's not a star that explodes or a black hole that implodes. There's nothing in this universe that God doesn't know about. He has infinite knowledge because he created it. He owns the copyright to it. He owns the patent. And no one else can have it. God is not limited by physics. I recently read an article by a very uh, esteemed uh, astrophysicist or theoretical physicist who said that we have to understand something. It's a very unconvenient truth, and that is that human beings are getting to the point that they can't go any farther in their science. Because you can't go beyond the scope of this universe. You can't go before the creation of the universe. There are certain things that we human beings are just not going to know. It's impossible for us to know. But guess who already knows that? God. Guess who knows what lies beyond this universe? Guess who knows what happened before this universe? Guess who knows all there is to know, and that's God. In fact, Job writes in Job twenty one twenty two, Will anyone teach God knowledge, seeing that he judges those who are on high? Can you really teach God something that he doesn't already know? No. <laughs> so who's the teacher? Are we the teacher, or is God the teacher? God's the teacher. He's the one that owns the patent. He's the one that owns the copyright. He's the one that's created everything. He also says that God determines the number of the stars. He gives to all of them their names. Great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. John writes in John 1-3 that all things were made through Him. Without Him was not anything that was made. God's knowledge is not bound by physics. They're still trying to figure out, they're still trying to figure out things that God has already done but done years ago. He's already they're trying to figure out something that God has already known since eternity past. Beloved, if God is not restrained in his knowledge about physics, and if God is not restrained in his knowledge about time, then what do you have to worry about? <laughs> Anything? <laughs> Do you have to worry about even a health condition, really? Do you have to worry about anything like that? If God's knowledge is far superior than anything else, then what do we really have to worry about? God knows your physical makeup. God knows what you would look like when you were born. God knows what you'll look like when you pass into eternity. God knows every day that you have on this earth. He knows every hair on your head, and mine is getting uh, less and less by every year passing year. Uh, God knows everything there is to know about you. God's knowledge is not limited. But we also see one last and final thing. And let me just tell you that this third thing can get a little bit intimidating if we think about it much. And that is that God's knowledge is not limited by location. God's knowledge is not limited by location. Look what he says in, the, in, um, in verse 1. You have searched me and known me. You know, my sitting down and my rising up, you search my thoughts afar off. Look in verse 7. Where can I go from your spirit or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you're there. That means if you take a submarine and you go to the lowest part of the ocean, guess who knows, you're the, who the, who, guess who knows where you are? God. If you were to join this uh, group that they're trying to get together of these uh, individuals taking a one-way trip to Mars, anybody sign up for that? I didn't. <laughs> A uh, one way trip to Mars, if you go, if you're part of that crew that takes the one way trip to Mars, guess what? You don't escape God's presence. If you got into an advanced uh, uh, rocket ship and you were able to travel to the ends of the universe, guess who knows where you are? God, amen. God knows where you are. You cannot escape the knowledge of God. He knows who you are, He knows where you are. And so this tells us three things. First and foremost, God knows every person's actions. And this can get intimidating. Proverbs 15.3 says, The eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. God sees all in all places. We don't have to tell God about something that's going on in some distant remote part of the world. God already knows about it. God sees all. We also see that God also knows Every person's decisions before the decisions are made. I've used this illustration before about not playing chess with God. We were playing a game last night uh, celebrating Grace's birthday party. We played a game of clues. I like that game where you you try to, it's a murder mystery, you try to see who committed the murder with what weapon. And and you know, the thing about it is, you take these cards and you put it in the envelope, but God already knew what was in it. How are you going to play against someone that knows the answer before you put it in the envelope? How are you going to play chess against someone who already knows what move you're going to make before you move it, before you make it, or what counter move to that move before you even make it, and knows every move to plan ahead to beat you? How are you going to beat someone like that? Well, you can't. (laughs) You can't. So God knows decisions before they happen, and God also, now this is the most intimidating, God also knows a person's thoughts. You can't escape from God, even in your own mind. Did you know that? Your thoughts even God knows. Look what uh, what David says in verse 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties and see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. Jesus was able to read the thoughts of the people whenever He was ministering here on earth. He knew what they were thinking. He knew what they were planning. He knew what they were doing. So let me ask you, <laughs> how do you think you're going to play chess against someone who already knows the end result? We can't. God knows the final answer. He knows the final outcome. And, he, and, and this is a principle we need to understand. A lot of times in life, and I feel guilty of it just like anyone else has, we wear masks. Amen? You know what I'm talking about? We wear masks. Now we go in front of this one person over here we act on ninety nice ninety. Okay. We go to this other person over here, we act custom macho. In fact when I was dating my wife, I was trying that custom macho. Yeah, honey, I'll get on that roller coaster with you. I'll get on that roller coaster with you. yeah, I can I can to so on top of that stinking thing and look down and say, like, Oh will <laughs> <laughs> And ironically enough it was the ride called the hurler that basically done me in. <laughs> That's the one that done me in. We all wear masks, all of us are guilty of it. We'll act this way before one person, we'll act another way in front of another person. But guess what? You may fool some people some of the time, you may fool a few of the people all the time, but you're never going to fool God any of the time. You cannot fool God. He knows your past, He knows your present, He knows your heart, He knows your thoughts, He knows what you're thinking right now. Some of you think, oh, yeah, amen. Some of you think, oh, Lord, when's he going to get done? He knows your heart. He knows your thoughts. He knows everything there is to know you can't fool God. So what does this mean? As I mentioned a little bit earlier, there's there's a little game that's going to be played this tonight. Anyone heard about that? A little big game that's going to be played between two teams, you know, and uh, and we, we've heard a lot about it, you know, and I'll be honest with you. I love football, and I'm glad our Panthers are in it, but... I, I'm about ready for it to be over. (laughs) You know, I'm ready for it to be over. I mean, there's only so much you can say about a football game until you start running into the ground. I'm ready for it to be over. But anyhow, what I'm trying to say in this is that God already knows who's going to win. Either Charlotte and the Carolinas are going to be happy or Denver. And Colorado is going to happy. one of those places... They're going to be happy and they're going to celebrate and they're going to cheer and they're going to be excited. And the other place is going to think, oh my goodness, what happens?" But God not already knows the score. He not already knows what's going to take place. But God knows the people who are going to be influenced and affected. The players, the families of the players, the people sitting in the stands and those who are going to be watching the game tonight. He already knows the final outcome. He already knows the effect. So what does God's omniscience mean to us? A lot of this can get complicated, but I want to leave you with some real-life principles at the end of every message we go through this. There are four principles I think that you can take home with you having understood God's omniscience. One is that God knows everything that's going on in the world. He already knows. And you know what He's already promised us? He's going to take care of it. It may not be tomorrow. It may not be the next year. It may be a few years down the road. Or it may be even an eternity. But God already knows the score. There's no need to worry about it. There's no need to panic. Trust in God. Amen? Secondly, God created time. So this means, as uh, I think it was Peter who said, A thousand years to us is as one day to God. So understand Steve and I were talking about this, this this past week. This means that God is not on our time frame. We're on His. Amen? God is not on your time frame. Now, we want to rush God. We want to say, God, you've got to move right now. But He's not on your time frame. You're on His. And I guarantee you, if you make a move before God opens a door, if you make a move before God gives you the clearance, you're going to make a mistake. And if God gives you the clearance and you don't go, then you're making a mistake. You're on God's time frame. He's not on yours. In due time, He will make a way. Third, God knows everything there is to know about you. He knows your past. He knows your present. He knows your future. He knows your heart. He knows your thoughts. And guess what? He still loves you. <laughs> Amen, He still loves you. He loves you with an everlasting love. So that's something you can take home to the bank. And then lastly, God knows the final end. You know what God promises in Romans eight twenty eight. This promise isn't for every person on earth, but this is only for those who are in Christ Jesus. He says that all things in the end will work together for those who love God and are called according to His purpose. So that means if you're saved by the grace of God, things may not be looking good for you right now. Things may be tough. you may be having some struggles, but what He promises you, and then he, excuse me,' let's get this out in a minute in His own time, God is going to work all things for the good of you and anyone else who is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So what this means is, do we really have anything to worry about? No. Not really. We don't have a thing in the world to worry about. This means that we should rest in God's love, that we should trust in God's care, and we should live in God's plan. Everything else is needless worry. As long as God knows and is working and knows the final end, then, beloved, we can rest easy in His grace. Amen. So, with every head bowed and every eye closed, let me say to you here today: If you're here today, you've never received Jesus then, beloved, you can't have that promise. You don't have that promise in your life right now that those who are in Christ Jesus do. But that doesn't mean that that can't change. If you're here today and you've never received Christ as your Lord and Savior, maybe the Spirit of God is knocking on your heart's door. Maybe He's gnawing at you and saying that it's time today that you get things right with Him. We just want to encourage you to come down and receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you're here today, maybe you've allowed the worries and anxieties of life to, to make you drift away from the comfort and presence that you have in Christ Jesus. Maybe you want to rededicate your life here today, we invite you to do that as well. Or maybe you'd like to come and join the ministry of Huntsville Baptist Church. Whatever God is saying and doing in your life, we just ask that you come and respond accordingly. To kind and of gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for your infinite knowledge, your infinite grace, and your infinite mercy. We just ask, Lord, at this time of invitation that you would uh, lead, guide, and direct. And if there be anyone here today who knows you not, we pray that they would come down and receive you before it's eternally too late. We thank you for all that you do and all that you continue to do. For it's in Jesus' name we ask all these things. Amen, amen. We ask you to please stand as we sing our final invitation.